Welcome to Faith Family in the Force. I'm Oliver. And I'm Annabeth. Faith Family in the Force is a podcast about just that, our faith, our family, and our experiences as Oliver is in the Air Force. And on today's episode, we do a book review and we have a little chat about it. But first, a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by c to c with Love. This military spouse-owned company connects you and your loved one during deployment through care package sticker kits. These sticker kits make it easy to send fun and creative care packages. I wish I had known about this company when Oliver was deployed. The peel and stick application makes it quick and easy to apply, plus it's so cute and affordable. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at C2C with Love, or go to their website, shop C2Cwithlove.com, which is in the description. And use code FAITHFAMILYFORCE, all caps, all one word, to get 10% off. That's FAITHFAMILYFORCE at checkout. What's going on, guys? So today we're going to be doing a book review. And I say we, I'm going to be mostly facilitating it. And Annabeth's going to be doing a lot of the questions and just kind of back and forth. Yeah, Oliver did not read this book. And normally the book reviews we've done in the past, I usually read them first. And then I'm like, this is so good. You should read it. Or we look through it together. So this one I read and I was like, yeah, Oliver won't like this book. (laughs) So if you think you like books like I do or similar topics and things like that, you're probably not going to like this one, but that's okay because Annabeth loved it. And that's what we're here for to share. I did not love it. You did not love it? No. Oh. Um, Which we we can talk about at the end. Maybe it was not my favorite. It is a military book written by a military spouse for military spouses. It's called Where You Go, I Will Go. And basically she just tells kind of her story from the time her husband joined the military to the time he retires and talks about different things that she learned along the way. Awesome. So I'm sorry you didn't love the book first (laughs) off, but I mean, that's kind of a cool journey in itself because most of our listeners are military members or their spouses related. So you think something like that you could get some relevancy from. Yeah, I I got some stuff out of it. I think it would be helpful somewhat for like a brand new military Uh, spouse because it really does explain like what a PCS is, what deployment, like your basic military things. I just didn't really enjoy the way it was written. Was this like an Army, Navy, Air Force military member type thing? Air Force. Air Force. And her husband was a chaplain. Okay. There's a couple of books we've read that you've read that, that's been <laughs> chaplain. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay. So first I'll just give y'all kind of an overview of the book. She has like uh, a few main parts. Um, so the beginning, which is how her husband got started in the military. Then PCS, which is moving. And she talks about all the moves they did. Combating loneliness and the importance of friends. Obviously talks about friends and that section um deployment uh, again talks about deployment raising kids in the military promotions retirement and then at the end which I think this is actually the most helpful part at the very end she gives you um acronyms abbreviations and resources which is actually very helpful. Yeah, that's pretty cool because sometimes even at work, we use so many acronyms. The other day we were saying one and it's like an acronym within an acronym. 
like you had this acronym, but like the first two letters were shortened yeah. in an acronym for like a way That's longer word. Super military. Yeah. It's super. <laughs> okay. So I picked out a few things within the book that she talked about that I just thought was interesting that stood out to me. Um, that I wanted to talk to Oliver about, Oliver about, <laughs> I'm like slurring my words. That's all right. Um, so the first thing that she talked about that I wanted us to discuss was dream sheets. So can you explain kind of what a dream sheet is for the people that don't know? So dream sheets are kind of used for assignments mostly. Like you can use them for, for example, if you're a pilot to like rate which aircraft you want to get first or second or third and so forth. But like very general, it's like where you want to go in the Air Force. So we yeah. would make a dream sheet of our like top 10 locations that are available to us. Mm-hmm. And we would make that list and submit it to the the bigger, bluer people who make those decisions. And hopefully they take in effect yeah. what, what we want. And so... For most people, you do this multiple times throughout your career, correct? correct? And then also, I think what I didn't realize before we really got like into military, got our first assignment, is you can't really just go to any base. It's very dependent on your job. (laughs) Yeah, so if you're specific to like an aircraft or a very specific job, you may be limited to one or two bases where those jobs are available. So you can put all these cool places on your dream sheet, but it's not really going to matter unless you know where those two places are you can go. Yeah. Now, for example, if you're just a normal finance officer or a logistician or somebody who just does a really awesome support job, you're probably going to be able to go to any base you want to because they have those positions everywhere. Mm -hmm. Definitely something to think about before you get into the military or pick a job. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Um, Okay. So um, each chapter she has at the end when, after she talks about it, she has like a lessons learned. Um, And so she says to dream big on your dream sheet for where you want to be assigned next so what do you think like do you think yes we are probably not going to get to go to Italy but like I'm going to put that as number one anyway would you agree to do that yeah absolutely if it's something that you really want and the only input and your only opinion is your dream sheet outside of communicating to your supervisor your boss hey like we want to go to Italy or we want to go to our number one spot Mm -hmm. you have nothing to lose by putting as your number one Now, is it realistic? Like, they can kind of game it out and be like, well, you were just in, like, South Florida at a really Gucci spot a lot of people want to go to. Mm -hmm. You asking to go to this other Gucci assignment (laughs) is very unlikely because it kind of ebbs and flows with, hey, you got a good deal. You need to take a little bit of a lesser good deal for this (laughs) next one, but we'll get you on the next next one. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, and then the other thing she said is don't forget to include your children in the decision-making process. So I thought that was interesting. Obviously, with Jude, he's not old enough to be in any, like, he wouldn't really understand what we were doing or deciding on. But what do you think about that? Like, do you see us in the future or having our older, you know, kids when they're older be a part of, like, where do we want to go next? Or I don't know. What do you think about that? Because I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's good. I think if you have junior high, high school age kids, it's probably more applicable. They're able to understand some of the more of the decisions and they've mm-hmm. moved a whole bunch. Right. 
Um, I think it can be worthwhile in that situation. But at the same time, you as a parent, a military member, have to do what's best for your family and your career at the same time. So you're kind of trying to figure out, oh, maybe we don't want to move to Montana or New Mexico because it'd be a really fun outdoorsy thing. But instead, we need to go somewhere in the next four years so you can go to a good high school and go Mm -hmm. to a college or a trade school or whatever and set your kids up for success and put your career in a different place. You know what I'm saying? Know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so for sure. I think you should, but at the same time, like if you were going to add like a numeric weight value to their opinion, like it would just be as like mm-hmm. location and type thing. Yeah. And I think too, they have to be old enough to realize like, yes, we all want to go to this one base, but that is a possibility that we will not get to go there Absolutely. and had them having to deal with the disappointment of that too. For sure. Um, So just something to think about. Okay. And then the next thing she did say though, is, um, wherever you do get stationed, make it an adventure research places to go, things to do and get your kids excited about that, which I think is a great advice. Yeah, absolutely. If you're looking to move out towards like Utah or somewhere where you're just not from, you've never been to that in itself is an adventure because it's unknown. But it also gives you an opportunity to be like, oh, my gosh, there's a thing called skiing and snowboarding and all these winter sports that I never did growing up because we grew up in the South or like now we can provide an opportunity for us and our kids to experience something that we didn't. And that's a really undervalued and not talked about part in the military, I think, when it comes to moving around and picking places Mm -hmm. is the fact that you can pretty much almost for free, you know, you get paid to move go out and go somewhere new and experience life for a little bit. And then if you don't like it nine times out of 10, you don't have to stay there. Yeah. That you can move. You'll again. probably move in a few years. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it helps if, especially if your kids are sad about leaving or nervous, going to a new spot, like having stuff to look forward to is always really helpful. Yeah. And I mean, simple Google searches and honestly reaching out to people in your community who've probably been to that base or that new area you're going to, they're going to be able to tell you, Oh my gosh. Yeah. We moved there and we weren't sure about it, but we found out there's so much more time you can spend outdoors or there's all these cool things that we weren't into when we first got there, but Mm -hmm. we really got into them because that's like the culture there or the climate there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the next thing um, that stood out to me was she talks about making friends. You hear all the time with military people, like you make the best friends um, and your friends really become your family, especially when you are living far away from your family. Yeah, what do you think about that? I totally agree. I mean, we've talked about some of our really good friends we've made that we don't live near anymore, but we still have stayed connected with them. And that's what she says in one of her lessons learned at the end of the chapter. It says some friends enter your life for a season, but others are in it for the long haul. And we have talked about this a lot in the past couple years of seasonal friends and then friends that you are going to be friends with forever. Absolutely. And it's, it's really specific to a military function type thing. Like if you are in the military, you really understand that because you're more than likely moving around and that's part of it. So you can make that conscious decision, decision, excuse me, to choose to really pour life and love into the friends around Mm -hmm. you and build those very long-term relationships. Yeah. So do you know, 
when you make friends, maybe not right away, but after you've been friends with some people for a while, do you think you know, like, yeah, we're going to be friends forever? Or, yeah, we're f- really good friends. I'm glad we're friends. But if we were to move, we probably wouldn't stay in touch super, you know? How, do you know that? Or is it something that kind of just naturally happens after you move of if you stay in contact or not? That's deep. Because I think about some of my colleagues and peers at work, mm-hmm. at work and friends and stuff like that. And I'm like, some of them, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, this has been great. And thank you. You're a good seasonal friend yeah. and peer. And, and that's always, okay. Yeah. I think in today's culture, we, especially with social media, we think we have to stay friends with everyone. And I think it's okay to just have seasonal friends. Absolutely. And I would be like, yeah, if I'm in town or something and like this, if it's very convenient for both of us, let's hang out and get a burger or something. Mm-hmm. But then there's other friends I've made and I'm just like, dang, I'm going to try to come out of my way to come visit you. Yes. Or if you're ever like, even if it's not convenient, I almost want to say it's like a convenience thing Yeah. because so many of my good friends and stuff, I'll go out of my way and really plan for. Whereas if they're not quite if they're just seasonal friends, I'm just like, okay, like no big deal. Like we'll try again next time. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And I think there are, I think some of the friends that we've had that are lifelong friends now, I don't know if I would have said that at the time of our friendship, but we have just continuing to make the effort. Um, and then I think there are some friends, like you said, that we have now, or that we've made that I'm like, yeah, I love them, but I don't know if, you know, I will make as much effort to stay in touch once we have moved on or they've moved on. I think, yeah, to just wrap that up, I think some of the friends we've made, we've both said, us and them have both said to each other, like allowed, like, oh man, we don't want this to end. Yeah. And we want to keep this going. So how can we do that? How can Mm -hmm. we better facilitate this and keep loving each other and being there for each other when big things happen in our lives? And whether you're happy or whether you're sad, how can we be there? Yeah, love that. Okay, so the next section was deployment. We've talked about deployment a lot on the podcast just with our experience. Um, It's a huge part of the military. Yeah, so when you were reading the book, was there anything in there that you felt like she said that was good or bad? Or what do you think she kind of wrote from her perspective? Because her husband is a chaplain. And so chaplains kind of do things differently in the military, but they still mm-hmm. go on deployments. They're still very much do the rank structure and everything like that. Just a different job set than your typical like maintenance person or pilot or right. whatever. Yeah, um, so... She talked about a little bit about, I think, several of his deployments, but the one that stood out to me was when they had two daughters, um, and they were grown already, like, had moved out, so it was her first deployment where it was just her in the house. She had no family, like, no kids, no husband there, obviously, Um, and I think that's something, like, a big deal especially if you've always had, cause for me, I've never had, like, I've always had Jude here, um, when you're deployed and they're like good and bad things to like having kids when your husband's deployed. Um, but I just thought it was really interesting. Yeah. That is, that is tough. Cause I've never really thought about it. Cause I've have, I have a lot of friends and people I've deployed with who just have their wife or their significant other at home. 
but it's a totally different challenge, you know, mm-hmm. because normally their significant other is working or they have like kind of their own career type thing. So yeah. I'm not, they're like not worried about them just being at home by themselves. They're more like, oh, like my wife or my husband has stuff to do still and I have stuff to do deployed. So yeah. they're actually balancing very different things. Right. Than just being at home with the kids yeah so she says ultimately it turned out to be one of the best deployments because she learned how to be on her own and it was really freeing she went out to eat by herself she went to the movies by herself and ended up like volunteering at all these places and just had the freedom of that during that deployment with not having kids around like she just gained this new like confidence and freedom um, that she wouldn't have otherwise had Right. Do you do you like doing that kind of stuff by yourself as I, an only child? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I wouldn't I wouldn't go out to eat at some places by myself, but like totally would go to just like Chick-fil-A, McAllister's, like I don't know, more like casual places by myself. And I have never been to the movies by myself, but like right now after becoming a mom, like that sounds awesome to go to movies by myself oh wow well maybe i'll have to clear something out on our schedule so you can go do that (laughs) yeah but i think even no matter if you have kids or dogs or you're completely by yourself or whatever during deployment i think the most important thing that she got out of that was like finding all the good things like this time that is kind of sucky that your spouse is gone and you're having to deal with like things breaking or taking care of the house or the kids or whatever by yourself but like finding the good stuff in that like and it's okay like of course you want your husband to be there and like to be at home but like it is also okay to take advantage of the time that you do have like when Oliver was gone this second time like I was sad and wanted him home and I was really uh, like sad that he was missing Jude learning all these new things but also it's still okay to be like so grateful for the one-on-one time that Jude and I had like I wanted to take advantage of that and it's something that most people don't get and it's something I am really grateful for even though I also still wanted you to be at home with us for sure yeah there's a lot of mixed emotions and all sorts of things going on with that so totally understand yeah Okay, so the next thing is promotions. So can you kind of explain that it's different with enlisted officer, how promotions work and all of that. So can you kind of give a little overview? Yeah, so for the officer side of the house, it's it's kind of the first three ranks are based on time and service. So you'll be a second lieutenant for two years, a first lieutenant for two years. And then you promote to captain at your four-year mark in total time in the Air Force. Mm -hmm. And then once you're a captain, there's a minimum amount of time that has to be done before you're eligible to promote to major. And that's done by a board. And then it's lieutenant colonel at a certain amount of time. And that's Mm -hmm. done by another board. And then it's colonel. And it's another board of people who are making these decisions. Mm -hmm. And both sides of the house, officer enlisted, have performance reports to do and all this stuff. And it's essentially a lot of uh, feedback as well as like all the things you've done for the year. 
um, that goes onto this one piece of paper and your boss looks at it, their boss looks at it and the boss above them look at it. So mm-hmm. it goes up to like three or four different bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, and once they all look at it, you get ranked and stratified and everything. And so you're kind of racked and stack mm-hmm. is the formal way we say it among your peers in your year group, as well as your overall within your mm-hmm. area. And they look at everyone from a pilot compared to a maintainer, to a finance officer, to a logistician, to a civil engineer, like they're all in the same pool mm-hmm. for those ranks. And enlisted, it starts from, oh geez, like right after you get out of boot camp, you'll come out as like an E2 or E3, depending on your qualifications going in before. Mm-hmm. And, and they have to take tests? And so they do the testing, next? yeah. I okay. know they test up to, uh, all the way up to tech sergeant. Okay. And then once you get to tech sergeant, it's then done by another board, master sergeant, senior master sergeant, and chief master sergeant. Um, education's a big thing. Continue further, like educating yourself, mm-hmm. whether that's your CCAF, which is Community College of the Air Force, or your bachelor's degree or master's degree. Mm-hmm. It's also a big thing on the officer side to continue to right. educate yourself. But essentially, like showing proficiency at your job as well as showing leadership and showing that you're developing as a person are the Mm -hmm. three things that will push you farther in the ranks. Sometimes it's, you need to do an extra couple years as a, at a certain rank because they want to see certain development. And then other times it's just a tough year to promote Mm -hmm. and you just kind of got a bad deal that year. But with a new promotion also comes increased pay. So it's a big deal. So every time you promote, you normally get a bump in pay. So people who don't get to promote that year because of whatever, it can be kind of tough on them, especially if they were expecting it. Right. Because they're like, oh, now I'm not going to make X amount of money more. Yeah. Okay. And then, so could you just still stay in the Air Force and not promote? Like, could you be a captain for like... (laughs) ever <laughs> yeah so that actually that does happen occasionally uh, normally for like pilots they'll cap out at major so mm-hmm. they'll do x number of years as a major and they'll hit the highest tenure mark so the most you can be getting paid as a 04 with x amount of years in service mm-hmm. and then normally if that happens they'll get pretty close to 20 a little bit more than 20 and they'll retire as a major okay. or a lieutenant colonel or colonel this goes all the way up to general you can only do so many years in the air force before you have to get a waiver because you're too old right, right. and then once that waiver is up they'll just be like kind of force you to retire thanks for your service and yeah. stuff but like obviously you want to keep promoting and doing things like that because yeah. it's money it's money on the table yeah for sure okay so um when this whole when she brought up promotions, I think he was trying to promote to Colonel and didn't get it one year and then ended up getting it the next year. But when he didn't get it, um, they obviously were upset. They thought he was going to all of that. But she says in there, she did not want to be bitter about this. And I thought that was really like important because I think not even just with promotions, but I think sometimes the military is like not on your side and you don't get what you want with deployments or PCS or promotions or whatever the case is. Um, and it, it can be easy. Like there are plenty of opportunities to become bitter with the military. Yeah, absolutely. And I would push that onto the individual as well as the culture and climate of their unit and say that like you have that decision to make on how you choose to control your attitude and your outlook upon it, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, did you do an honest, hard, 
hard work and did you work really hard and yeah. get the job done that you were told to do and expected to do and did you give it your best if you gave it your best and you don't get it then something else maybe happened mm-hmm. and that you just don't know about you don't have all the information right there yeah and I think I think sometimes it is hard not to be bitter when you have worked hard and you didn't get what you wanted or what you thought you deserved um but then being bitter doesn't really help your situation <laughs> either, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's not going to get you anywhere to be really upset about it for too long. Like process that emotions, ask your supervisor, ask the people above you, like, Hey, was it something I did? Or was it just one of those years where only X number of percent amount of people got selected for this? Because that happens sometimes mm-hmm. um, in the grand scheme of thing, the people who actually make the decisions will do that where it's only a certain number of people and it can be really tough and you just didn't make the cut for whatever reason. Yeah. Can it be, so one thing she says in, at the end of this chapter is don't gloat and be proud of your spouse that they were promoted. But remember some people didn't get promoted. Um, and that's just, that always happens, right? I mean, usually some people do, some people don't. So what would you say to, I mean, how do you go about after, if you do get promoted and your friend doesn't? Yeah. Well, I think the first thing I would say is to like the spouses is that you shouldn't wear your husband's rank. Mm -hmm. Like I would never expect you to be like, Oh, I'm a captain (laughs) because my husband's a captain. Like I would be like, no, you're my wife and I love you. And I'm a captain because I'm going to be selfish for a moment. And I worked hard for that. And I did that stuff. Not you. Yes. You helped me and you got me to that point. However, comma, like I'm the one who's going to go out and deploy not you. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's tough. Like I wouldn't, you could back this up to just opportunities you get that your right. peers or colleagues don't get. Yeah. Right. How do you handle yourself when you get a really good deal and something that's good for your career and going to mm-hmm. set you up compared to your yeah. peer who may be performing similar to you or whatever. And it could come down to, Hey, you were free this week. You didn't decide to take leave during spring break or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it just happens sometimes that way. But if you're open and honest with your supervisor and with everyone who's helping you tame your career to whichever way you want it to go, like they'll recognize that. Mm-hmm. Now, I just wouldn't be go up to my bros and be like, oh, I got this cool opportunity yeah. you guys didn't. <laughs> you know, and sometimes you do perform better than your colleagues and peers. Mm-hmm. You There is a rank and stratification thing for a reason. And like it's you, it's on you as an individual to say like, I'm going to be a a stronger person here. And there's nothing good that comes from me going up to someone and being like, nah, 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 boo, boo. Like I got this opportunity. (laughs) I'm promoted. You're not like, they already know that obviously when you show up to work with a new rank on. For sure. hundred percent. And I would say like, it's totally okay to be proud of your spouse if they get promoted or they get picked to do something or, you know, whatever, like, yes, heck yeah. Be proud of them. They worked hard for that. Like that is a big deal. Like it is, exciting um but also you don't have to like she said in here you don't have to gloat about it you don't have to even bring it up with your friends like just because as a person like if you have friends that didn't get promoted like they're still your friends it does not make you like any better of a person than them like maybe defined by the military (laughs) like whatever but like they're still your friend they're still the person like And same thing, if you don't get promoted and your friend does, like, they're still that same person. Like, you're friends with them for a reason. You know, just 
don't talk about it do talk about it whatever move on everything can be fine yeah absolutely so okay so the last thing that we said she does the acronyms abbreviations resources so i thought it'd be fun (laughs) for oliver and i to quiz each other and see if we know what some of these abbreviations stand for okay go for it okay let's see let's do oh man jcs um joint chief of staff yes okay you give me one um let's do (laughs) an easy one one. (laughs) um dod department of defense okay that's a good one there you go yes okay um brs blended retirement system yes is that that's you right yeah that's so that blended <laughs> retirement system is not a pension we could do a whole podcast about that but we're not <laughs> maybe another that. time okay you give me one uh let's see here um acc acc yeah or majcom major command there you go okay <laughs> that one was kind of easy because like majcom like you could probably yeah. figure that out <laughs> I guess so, but <laughs> some of them are like that. That's true. Okay, what about COLA, C-O-L-A? Cost of living adjustment. Cost of living allowance. Allowance, okay. You know what's funny about acronyms, guys, is that like different jobs will have the same acronym, different branches will have the same acronym, but they'll mean two different things. And oh, yeah. I have the pleasure of looking through, we have four books if you will they're just four huge pdf documents full of what we call common acronyms so i have to every time i write a performance report for somebody or I'm reviewing one i have to go through these acronyms and like type them out to make sure they don't aren't conflicting and they all mean the same thing all right do one more okay ppm oh geez <laughs> um primary position manager <laughs> No, that's probably a good guess. Uh, personally proc- procured move. Oh, a peep- yeah. So that used to be called a Diddy move. Well, that's on here too. Yeah. So that's some. Vernacular. Is there a difference? Um, one is where you do it yourself, and the other is that you pay people to do it. So oh, we did a PPM move instead of a Diddy move when we right. went to Florida. Okay. Which it got is, you. Got you. Side note: very much recommended, and you can make money if you do the move yourself so yeah yeah okay what about sc sc yeah i don't know spouse club spouse club okay (laughs) yeah there we go how about that okay so wait give me one more one more yeah give me one okay um ccaf ccaf yep I don't even know what to guess. (laughs) Community College of the Air Force. Oh, yeah. You just talked about that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So what was the book called? Where You Go, I Will Go. Okay. And then so what did you think of it overall very loosely so we can wrap this up? Overall, there was some good information, but even in books that are written five years ago, like it's going to some stuff is going to be out of date. Right. Because the military changes things. Um, so, you know, there's that and didn't love the way it was written, but there was some good information in it. 
So I don't know. I would say on a scale of one to ten, probably a five out of ten. Five out of ten, very average. Yeah. That's okay. Well, I did want to talk about some of the resources that she gives. Okay, just in general, like the best resource that you think we could that could cover the most like if somebody had a lot of questions or needed help with certain things like where would you send them it just a general resource like military member like if they needed brand new to the military needed a bunch of information yeah and wanted to talk to somebody who knew all that information for them their first sergeant really yeah i would definitely send them to the first sergeant or their first shirt or their shirt yeah she does have that on here um as well as the key spouse for spouses um which i think is a great like option um and then like the What's the family... Preservation of the Family and Force, POTUS? No. Um, family Readiness Center. That, yes, the Family Readiness Center is usually a good option, I think. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> it's one of those those two people, the first shirt and the first sergeant or the uh, Family Readiness Center. You can walk in and be like, I'm new. I need all the information yeah. and all these brochures and stuff. And they're going to just give you so much information for everything. For sure. So she does give online resources so military one source i don't even actually know what that is i've heard about it like everywhere but (laughs) you go to military one source and so like a website and it's just a website full of information brochures and it can be um specific to your location your base and things like that gotcha okay and then she gives a few other ones but and then local on base resources which we kind of already said, key spouse, first shirt, family readiness center, and then she gives a few other ones that are probably good. But just if you needed some resources, they're in there as well. If you're interested in the book, you can get it on Amazon. (laughs) There you go. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed our little talk as well as our small book review we did, five out of ten. Yeah. So have a good day.